What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are talking about a helpster's choice topic. So something that you listeners picked. We're talking about depression and serotonin syndrome with Dr. Tracy Marks. Um, she's a general and forensic psychiatrist of 20 years. Her mission is to increase mental health awareness and understanding by educating people on psychiatric disorders, mental well-being, and self-improvement. Um, she's got a ton of really amazing videos on her YouTube channel, um, so Dr. Tracy good. Marks. Yeah. And um, she's, you know, been on CNN and HLN for giving forensic and general psychiatric commentary. So really, really just a wealth of knowledge on this subject. And oh my gosh. her YouTube channel is so incredible. Everybody has to go check out her YouTube channel just for the thumbnails and like cover art of the videos alone. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about. They are so good and like so animated and everything. And when I saw that she's a forensic psychiatrist, I was like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like the most important title that we've ever had on this show. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like what? Yes. <laughs> CSI, what is about to happen? Ab, yeah, absolutely. And so <laughs> if you want to be part of um, that process of helping us decide future topics and stuff, I know we talk about it all the time, but you can join our Patreon community um, at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And then you can be part of the group of people that is voting for topics like this. Um, yes. This is coming out on January 17th. I'm going to be headlining Comics Roadhouse Comedy Club in Uncasville. Connecticut next weekend, Valentine's weekend. I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and um, so many more tour dates coming up. March, April, May is like almost every weekend. It's pretty crazy. So go to KelseyCook.com and get those tour date tickets. Um, Delaney, what's going on with you? Beautiful. You can head over to DelaneyFisher.com for information about uh, business simplicity coaching, my podcast, Eficionado. Um, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur and you're kind of just like, grossed out by some mainstream tactics that are being shoved down our throats and all that. Come and join me over at Eficionado, the podcast. You want to grow your business in a not fucked up way? Hey, come on over. I'd love to have you. Um, yes. And during this episode with Dr. Marks, uh, she talks about not only serotonin syndrome, but serotonin toxicity and the difference between those. Mm -hmm. Hadn't heard of either thing. Fascinating. Oh. Yeah. And she tells us about some new developments in the like around the topic of depression itself, some things that are happening in the trajectory of some really new and exciting developments. So yeah. very, very cool. It was nice yeah. to have that information. Yeah, very interesting. So uh, please enjoy our interview with Dr. Tracy Marks. 
Tracy, thank you so much for being here today. We cannot wait to talk with you about serotonin syndrome. Okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yes, I have no, I don't know anything about this syndrome at all. This was voted on by our community. But before we get into it, do you have a favorite or least favorite quote that you'd like to share? I do. My favorite quote is by Maya Angelou, which says, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Mm. Such a good one. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Yes. Solid people one. matter more than being right. Oh, I love that. That's a quotable <laughs> in itself. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, sure. So- If we could just start off with the basics of what is serotonin syndrome? Okay, sure. So I'm actually surprised, impressed, not quite sure the emotion that you got. This is like by popular request because it's actually not that common. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't even heard of it. I hadn't either. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing. And it's a warning that you can get on medications that you take, but it's just, it's not that common. It doesn't happen that often, but here's what it is. So um, as you know, uh, the most common medication that increases serotonin in your brain um, is, are the antidepressants. So anytime someone takes an antidepressant, they can get a warning if they take something else that also increases serotonin. And um, if you get too much serotonin increase, it can lead to all these bad things that can happen as a side effect or as a negative effect of it. And sometimes it can be fatal, but it's so rare that uh, most oftentimes people don't experience all the negative outcomes. So um, when, so let me tell you what it is first, and then I'll explain how it can actually happen, like the combination of medications. So serotonin syndrome, when it happens, um, you have an elevated level of serotonin, um, usually from taking a combination of medications. And there's, we call it a a triad of symptoms that you can get. The first are um, mental status changes. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. Um, Neuromuscular changes, and then autonomic instability. The... um, the mental status changes could be anything that changes just kind of the way that you're acting. So someone could be confused, very agitated, very anxious, more than your usual anxiety. If you are someone who is anxious and that's why you're taking the medication in the first place, um, you might start having memory problems. The neuromuscular changes that we see are people becoming very stiff Um, it can even be these odd symptoms that you can see, we call it cogwheel rigidity, where, um, your joints kind of like move, um, like in a ratchet kind of thing. And that's ratchet, the tool, not ratchet bad, but it can just kind of like jump when you're moving your, your arms, um, or people can even have trouble walking because they're so stiff. And then the third thing is what's called autonomic instability. That just means like your nervous system is just out of whack. So you can have elevated blood pressure. Um, It may even drop your blood pressure. You can have um, chills, fever, um, or just a racing heart rate, those kinds of things. Some people will even get like really bad diarrhea. So if those things are really severe, if those symptoms are really severe, it can be life-threatening to where you can, you need to go to the emergency room and it's a, a watch and wait kind of situation where they will just, they'll give you fluids and kind of watch your vital signs. The way that people can get serotonin syndrome is by combining medications that increase serotonin. So Uh, A number of the antidepressants increase serotonin, and that's the way that they work to help your depression or anxiety. But there's a lot of other medications that can do that at elevate or increase serotonin levels. So obviously, if someone were to take an overdose of an antidepressant, they can get too much serotonin. Mm -hmm. If you were to combine two different antidepressants, that's one way to get too much serotonin. But then there's other medications like dextromethorphan, um, which is 
found in a cough syrup like Robitussin. So one way this can look is someone who's taking Zoloft, say that's one of the medicines that increases serotonin, and then they get sick and then they go take Robitussin. And now you've got two agents that are increasing serotonin levels. And that's how you can end up with too much serotonin. So before I go on and just kind of rattle on any questions. Yeah, let me take this in. So many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so with the symptoms are like, let's say somebody's tuning in right now and they're like, I think I maybe have this. Are there any early onset symptoms people can watch out for? Is there a certain order or does it vary by person? It varies by person and there's not a certain order Um, to actually be diagnosed with the syndrome. Usually it requires a physical exam. So it's usually a clinician that's determining that you have serotonin syndrome. People usually don't pick this up themselves. They just may feel terrible. So actually, so in let's say 25 years that I've been practicing, Uh, I think I can only think of one case where it was suspect that the person has serotonin syndrome and they were in the hospital and they had really wicked diarrhea and fever, but Hey, diarrhea and fever could be a gastrointestinal illness. So one of the things that can happen with this is that people can have more of a sub threshold version of this or a milder version of it that some people term serotonin toxicity that's a lot more common than serotonin syndrome. And so where the person may only have a couple of the symptoms, so they may have a really bad diarrhea onset all of a sudden, or um, just feel really sick. So I've had patients who, um, let's say they got put on a a pain medication, because that's another type of medication that can increase serotonin levels. Mm -hmm. Things like, um, uh, Flexoril or muscle relaxers or tramadol. Those, if you were to look up these drugs, there'll be warnings not to take them with antidepressants. Um, so I've had patients where they were taking an antidepressant for a while and then something happened, back strain. Another doctor prescribed tramadol or a pain medicine. And then all of a sudden they started feeling horrible and they maybe had really bad diarrhea or just got really confused and just didn't feel themselves. They just stopped taking everything and then they got better. And then they told me about it like a couple of months later that this happened. That's more of a typical way that this can show up. The good news is that if you stop the medications, usually the symptoms will resolve within about 24 hours or so if they are not that severe. Okay. And can we just take it back to like even more basic for a second? Can you talk about serotonin itself and what that does in people's brains and and that feeling it gives when it's elevated? Sure. So serotonin is one of the brain chemicals that is depleted or low in people who um, have mood disturbances like depression or anxiety even. So kind of three main brain chemicals we have seen are responsible for or are involved in controlling uh, or having a normal mood. And that's serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine. Um, Serotonin is also found below the neck um, in the rest of your body, like in your gut. And there's actually more serotonin receptors in your gut than there is in your brain. So medications that you take that increase serotonin, um, side effect of of, uh, antidepressants is gastrointestinal problems like diarrhea or constipation or dry mouth even. So um, we know that people in people who are depressed or have anxiety have lower levels of serotonin in certain parts of the brain. So one of the ways that we use medications to improve depression is to have medications that will improve these levels. But that's not the only way that medications actually help anxiety or sorry, help depression, both depression and anxiety. Um, It used to be that we had this model of depression as being only a chemical imbalance. And that's kind of outdated thinking now. 
Yes, serotonin is involved, but it's not necessarily the cause. So now we're looking at inflammation as being um, a contributing factor to depression. It can still cause low serotonin though. And so we can still build up serotonin levels, but I just wanted to make it clear without getting too uh, complicated here, because I can really go down a nerd <laughs> pathway here. I love it. We love, we love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so what we're really doing by adding antidepressants to increase serotonin levels is kind of like uh, putting dirt in a, in a hole, but we're not really getting at why the hole is even there to begin with, but let's just fill the hole up. So that's really what the antidepressants are doing. They're filling up the hole or, or repleting your serotonin levels, right. but it's not necessarily fixing the cause. Oh, I see. Wow. This that's is so interesting. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, I feel like the past six months or so, I've been kind of on a probiotic journey trying to find the right one for me. And um, so many of uh, the things you read talk about the benefits of probiotics for your mood. And that never made sense to me because I'm like, what does this have to do with my mood? And you talking about that serotonin is in your gut makes so much sense now because it's it's impacting everything down there. And so if you're uh, if like the bacteria in your body is off, then it's going to affect your mood too. Absolutely. So yes, probiotics, um, are now kind of a new way of looking at an approach to addressing depression and anxiety as well, because of the whole microbiome. So the microbiome is the name for the gut organisms, which are bacteria, viruses, fungi, lots of different things, but the organisms in your gut that produce serotonin and things like that and communicate straight up to the brain through your vagus nerve. So it's like they have a direct connection with your brain. So some people will consider it your second brain. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Interesting. And so it's cool to hear you talk about the vagus nerve. We just did an episode with my craniosacral therapist um, who I've also been seeing, and she talks so much about how important that vagus nerve is and she'll do certain things to me and I will feel my body become so calm and I just leave there in such a zen place and I had no idea how important all of that was. Yeah, the vagus nerve, you can think of it as like um, pressing on on the, the, the brake. It slows your body down. So if a bear kind of broke into your room. I don't know if you can hear that. That's thunder in my house. But anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Now's my, now's my, now wow. I need my vagus nerve to kick in. But um, if, say, you know, you're driving in, in, and someone jets out in front of you, in front of your car, all of a sudden your heart rate goes up and you're, you're on edge and anxious. Once whatever the threat is passes and you calm down, your bot, your vagal nerve or your, your, your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in to kind of bring you back down. So some therapies will focus on uh, vagus nerve stimulation or triggering your vagus nerve to trigger a, a letdown reflex to relax you. Yeah, I think that's what she does. And it's mm -hmm. very, very impactful. It's very cool. <laughs> 
I'm so curious about what you said about um, depression, like if, if the new developments perhaps about depression. Can you expand on that? Is there anything, I don't know, new info, hot deets that we can, <laughs> insider <laughs> tips that we can know? Sure. So um, there's a whole, uh, like the way that we're kind of looking at um the way the brain works and the development of depression and things now has more to do with this term neuroplasticity, which is just a term to mean the way the, the, the way the nerve cells connect in your brain and the ability for them to um, have tight connections versus loose connections and reform their connections as part of your overall brain functioning. So what I mean by that is it's thought that loose connections are more responsible for um, pathology in the brain like depression because the, the, the nerves have to kind of come very close together to be able to communicate with each other. And so if they get loose, then you don't have good uh, connections kind of like, you know, to, um, uh, wires that you're kind of putting together to get an electric current or something and you touch them and you get the little spark. But if they're too, if they're too far away from each other, then nothing passes. The current doesn't pass. So our nerves and our brain are kind of like that too, where we have currents. You can think of them as signaling that. Um, and so the nerves have to touch each other well enough and be, and not have a lot of space in between. So it's thought that um, depression, one of the causes is having loose connections. And there are certain things that can improve these connections like meditation, mindfulness, even medication. Um, there's a, a also a chemical, a brain chemical called brain-derived neurotropic factor. Um, it is very important because one of the things it does is you can think of it as like fertilizer for the brain. Neurotropic is nerve growth. So it is responsible for or helps with nerve cell regeneration, um, tightening up the nerve connections, getting rid of damaged tissue and, and regenerating. So there are certain things that improve or increase how much fertilizer you get like um, exercise is one. Um, it's also thought that some of the antidepressants work by also increasing BDNF. So instead of it just being, uh, you're getting better because we're taking dirt and filling up the hole, you're getting better because we're making the ground more stable so that we don't get any more holes. And that's where things like brain-derived neurotropic factor and tightening the connections between nerves and nerve regrowth, that is where we are looking at the treatment focusing on and not just getting more serotonin and filling up the hole. Right. Kind of takes a village. Um, right. That's, I think, an important visual to remember when you're talking about getting motivated to meditate, I know for me, I can, I'll, I'll be good about it for a few days and I kind of fall off the wagon, but it's, I think really important to visualize that you are actually tightening the connection between nerves. You're changing your brain. It's not just fluff. It's you're doing real things that are changing you physically for the better. That's right. And that's a better improvement than just, you know, taking re getting more and more serotonin every single day. And, and not that I'm anti-medication, <laughs> I prescribe them, but, you know, <laughs> but the more we can um, just to improve your brain and the connections, the better, then right. you need less of the filling up the hole kind of thing. Right. Uh, I will always remember that visual now of the hole and the dirt and all of that. I think that is such a great takeaway. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned with serotonin syndrome that most of the time the uh, symptoms will disappear like after 24 hours or so. What happens has, you know, can they continue and what is the treatment for that if it's more long-term? Okay. So 
Thank you for bringing me back down to um, the topic at hand of serotonin syndrome. So oh, I've been getting um, us off topic. Don't worry. Oh yeah, me too. I got to know all this stuff. I know. I'm like serotonin syndrome. Okay. So um, if, so just to be clear, um, another, if you have serotonin syndrome, you're not going to be able to diagnose it yourself. You're what you're probably notice is that you feel terrible. And there's some things that make you concerned that maybe you have this because it takes a physical exam. So another symptom is dilated pupils. Well, um, you know, unless you're a clinician, you may, you probably won't recognize that your pupils are dilated. You might notice if you have blue eyes that, wow, my eyes look black. What's the problem? But you also notice that you're sensitive to light. So that's one of the symptoms, but that's not something the average person is picking up on this kind, this kind of thing. If though you did have serotonin syndrome, you started getting confused and you had really serious symptoms, you go to the hospital or the emergency room where they would observe you. If your blood pressure was dropping or something, they give you fluids um, or something to help maintain your blood pressure. So it's more like supportive treatment that you're getting. It's a watch and wait. There's not something that they can give you a shot to make your serotonin levels go down. It doesn't work like that. It's like, you just got to get it out of your system while you have support around you with fluids and blood pressure monitoring, that kind of thing. You, depending on how serious it is, someone who's like really rigid might be getting muscle breakdown and then that could cause kidney problems. Again, they get fluids. That person might go to the intensive care unit. So depending on the, to the degree of severity, you would um, probably be hospitalized and monitored and then discharged when everything came back down to normal. If it was not that severe, like you had really bad diarrhea or you, you um, were very anxious and felt aggravated and you just don't know what's wrong, that might not make you think I need to go to the hospital. But what it can do is make you review or think have I been, have I taken something different? I think one of the things or a kind of a, a takeaway from this, uh, you know, so that it's not too confusing as to, well, do I do something? How do I pay attention to this? If it, you know, do I go to the hospital is this is important for someone who is taking something that, um, that increases serotonin. So like an antidepressant, it does not normally happen from just regular use of the antidepressant. Mm. So if you are taking, I'll go back to Zoloft, you're taking Zoloft every day. It's not like all of a sudden, boom, I'm going to have serotonin syndrome tomorrow, you know, from your regular usage. It just doesn't happen like that. It happens because you took something else on top of it. So you should always pay very close attention to other medicines you take. If you are taking something that increases serotonin. Um, and I mentioned that the pain medicines can also do that. So if you're taking pain medicines, you should always pay attention to what else you take. Uh, there's a website, WebMD, that, that will do drug-drug um, interactions for you. If you have a doctor prescribing you another medicine, because a, a common way this can happen, as I mentioned in my own practice, is someone's taking an antidepressant from me. They go see a pain doctor for something and that doctor doesn't know that they're taking Zoloft for me and they prescribe something and now you've got the interaction. Doctors should always ask you for all of the medicines you take and check for interactions themselves. Another place that will be uh, a backup check is usually the pharmacy. So if, if you get your medicines, all your medicines at the same pharmacy, they will often red flag stuff and let you know, here's this interaction if you take this. But let's say none of that happens. All that stuff falls through the cracks. Um, WebMD has a, 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 a tool that allows you, it's under drugs, that allows you to check interactions. So you just list out the medicines, you type in the medicines that you're on, and it will tell you if there's an interaction between them. And this is not just for serotonin syndrome, this is for any problem. The place where a doctor or a pharmacy may not check is if it's something over the counter. So going back to a cold remedy um, that you're taking that has something in it that increases serotonin and you're already on something. Now, as I mentioned, and so you can, you can check that through WebMD. 
uh, one of the things that I mentioned is that um, this doesn't happen that often as far as like the full-blown serotonin syndrome that's serious, that's potentially lethal, you end up in the ICU. That's rare, but more of a toxicity kind of thing tends to be more common. Usually just stop the meds that you were taking, like think back on, did I add something to my medicine and stop it? Call your doctor for the medicine that you were taking prescription and see if they have anything to add from for that. But otherwise, usually the symptoms will go away within a day or two. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, I have a weird specific question going back to something you said earlier on. Did you say it's dextromethorphan that's in, that's a cough suppressant? Yes. Did I say that right? Yes. Wow. So that increases serotonin levels? Yes. To so, a to a minor sure. degree, not to the degree where it could be an antidepressant, but to the degree that it could increase serotonin levels in a, a serotonin enhancing drug mm-hmm. that you're already taking. Uh, so to be that, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I was just going to say so I want to correct myself. I'm not sure if the, the interaction is because dextromethorphan itself all by itself increased serotonin or if it is an inhibitor of the drugs that increase serotonin. Either way, oh. adding the two together. So one more thing is, you know, um, with the issue of it not being as common to have serotonin syndrome, it's not a guarantee that if you were taking Zoloft and then you went and took some cold medicine, that oops, you're gonna have it. Right. It could just be that you're now at inc- you're at even double increased risk of having right. serotonin syndrome or serotonin toxicity. And then what could end up happening is you take something else like tramadol or flexoril or a pain med, and now you've got three things that do it. And now that's when the syndrome sets in. Sorry, just nerding out on the chemistry of this. That. <laughs> like, how did you remember that word? I was like, wow. <laughs> well, we've mentioned when she came real close that time. No. We mentioned on um, the fog. I have a, I have a family member who's been um, sick for this past year, and so I've been in the world of medications a lot more this past year and understanding drug interactions and stuff like that on their behalf. And um, anyway, I, I had heard that word recently, actually. And so the fact that you brought it up, I, it just kind of sparked an interest in understanding it more. Mm. I have a question about, cause, you know, we hear serotonin and for me, I'm like, oh, that's the stuff that makes you feel really good, right? Like makes you happy and all that stuff. So why is too much of it a bad thing? What's happening in your brain and your body when there's too much serotonin? I mean, we're, we're dealing with nerves here and chemicals that affect nerves and how your brain works. And so if you overload um, receptors in your brain with too much of a neurotransmitter, you get downstream effects of bad things that can happen like this. It's, it's kind of similar to what happens with um, withdrawal symptoms. I mean, it's not quite the same, but people can feel really bad when they take a serotonin or a medicine period, but particularly the serotonin antidepressants, and then stop them suddenly. And the withdrawal symptoms that they can have can be flu-like symptoms. They can feel exhausted. They can have uh, what some people call brain shocks where it's like this, it's like weird um, 
weird feeling, uh, like this flash or feeling like someone kind of unplugged something and plugged it back in. And so it's thought that that is, that is thought to be due to um, your receptors just kind of being shocked into all of a sudden not having the help that they were getting before <laughs> and now having to like scramble to um, start back up running on their own. Mm, so yeah, uh, long, long sense. answer. We don't want to mess with the brain. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. This has been very, very interesting. And I hope helpful for our listeners that even if you are not on an antidepressant, just to remember to be mindful if you are taking medications of, of the sort of interactions that can occur between drugs. Can too much serotonin ever be triggered by not medication, just by like a natural reaction or something that's going on in the body? Or is it always because of a combination? I'm not familiar at all with how it could happen naturally, naturally meaning through food, right. diet, exercise, that kind of thing, as opposed to natural remedies. So some people will consider something like St. John's wort natural. I mean, it is kind of, it's the source of it is plant-based, but it's still a drug because it acts like a drug. It acts very similar to the um, serotonin enhancing antidepressants. So, um, you know, if we take that out of the equation, anything chemical, even if it's natural, it, that's still chemical, but you know, can you get too much serotonin from too much exercise? No, a lot of other things would happen to your body before, <laughs> before your, it happened to your brain. If you were exercising that much. It makes a lot of sense. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share, um, around this, the toxicity or the syndrome or depression itself for our community? I'm excited about mushrooms. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? <laughs> oh my God, please. Do tell. Yeah, please tell us about this. That just can't come fast enough. Um, wow. And I'm talking, for the record, legal uh, mushroom use. Uh, psilocybin or psilocybin, people pronounce it different ways. I pronounce it psilocybin. Um, as it, so psilocybin is the main chemical constituent of mushrooms that is being actively researched for lots of problems, but depression is one of the more popular things at the moment. There's some big uh, clinical trials working on it as we speak. The reason I'm excited about it is because what I've seen from preliminary reporting is that um, there, like, there's one study where they're looking at one dose uh, eliminating depressive symptoms and then another one, two doses. So either way, you're talking one or two doses of this magic that makes your not only your depression go away, but it then also has these other effects on your mindset and attitude. It's like, you know, life just looks different. And so that's incredible and hard to believe, but would be uh, life-changing and science mind-blowing, I think, uh, if that really comes to pass, because you've got very little, you've got minor exposure. You're not needing to take something every single day. And uh, not only does it improve your symptoms, but in, but like change your mind, your, your, like your outlook on life. Like that's, you know, could erase negative thinking. I mean, that's just like, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Yeah. Oh, that that's is exciting. So cool. That needs to be a whole nother episode. Time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have you back and talk about all of those developments because yeah, I've heard, I've heard, you know, you hear these terms like microdosing and how these mm -hmm. can be put in pill form and really are helping a lot of people in these different trials. I would love to learn more all about that stuff. So, yeah, um, I forget now where in the trials, uh, the, the, the ones that are the most advanced in their uh, research are, like if they're stage two versus stage three, but 
you know, it's unfortunately, I think probably some years away, but I don't know how many, but I'm just like, hurry it up, please. Yeah. yeah I was just going <laughs> to ask like what a normal trajectory is when something is in tr- trial mode, how long it actually takes to be available to the public or in some way to the public. Well, I know that one of the companies got like authorization to fast track, but fast track still means, can mean like, uh, I want to say like five or five or more years versus, um, you know, 10 of Uh, clinical trials. I mean, it, it can really be a long road for a drug to start out at idea to market. Like that can be really long. Yeah. Um, so this like cut out, this was like time travel, (laughs) getting the, um, the, uh, the, um, authorization to fast track, but still, it's still slow moving. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) I know. I know that's, that's, and we thought when, I guess one other thing we thought, or some people thought that ketamine would be a similar answer, but it's, it's not really panning out to be, uh, as, exciting or as, um, treatment changing as we thought. And so ketamine is also, um, it acts differently on, in the brain from the, um, standard antidepressants like serotonin enhancing antidepressants and whatnot. It works faster than the antidepressants, but the, it, it it used to be, okay. So (laughs) let me back up. So ketamine, um, is, uh, falls in the kind of hallucinogen category as well, similar to mushrooms. However, um, and it has been used as an anesthetic or or part of like the anesthesia process. Fast forward now, um, for years, uh, people have used um, IV ketamine to treat depression and it works very well. The problem is the effect doesn't last that long. So um, people will need to go in and get like an infusion, like once a week, at least, or a couple of times a week initially, and then kind of keep getting these maintenance treatments. Then they came out with uh, ketamine in an oral form, but it's still a little high maintenance because you've got to go to the doctor's office, kind of like getting a colonoscopy. You got to get a driver and you got to wait in the office after you've had it for a while before, and then before you can drive home. So it's high maintenance to get, and we still don't have a good idea yet of how long someone needs to take it for it to work. But yes, it does work faster uh, as far as kind of snapping away the depression and it works better. It works very well for treatment resistant depression. And that's what the drug was FDA approved for. But it's still not, you know, it's it's still not available, uh, readily available to just the average person because the drug is still pretty expensive. And um, so I'm just rambling uh, just to say that that was was kind of a a newer approach to addressing depression that was that people were hopeful for, but it's still not quite kind of panning out to be as helpful as we thought it would be. So now, yeah, the new thing is mushrooms and hurry up. Wow. That's so <laughs> true. Let's do it. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah. Didn't think it would go there. And I love the fact that the conversation went there. That is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much. This was You're incredible. Welcome. And we really appreciate you taking the time um, to, to be here today. Where can people find you and your work and your amazing YouTube channel and all that stuff? Sure. So my main home is YouTube and my channel is Dr. Tracy Marks and that's Trace, that's DR and then Tracy with an E-Y Marks, M-A-R-K-S, all one word. I'm also on Instagram under the same name, Dr. Tracy Marks. And that my Instagram content is more bite-sized, um, quick information, whereas the YouTube is longer form. There's still only like six to eight minute long videos, but it's all about mental health education. Amazing. Which we need more of. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So very much. Well, yeah, thank yeah. you. Have a great You're rest welcome. of your day. Have a great day. Okay. You thank too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Man, 
Wow, I got to unpack that episode for about two hours. Just <laughs> sit alone in a corner. And, I got to try mushrooms. I'm interested. Yeah. In, I'm <laughs> fortunate in that I, I do not struggle with clinical depression, but um, have struggled with anxiety throughout my life. And yeah. uh, I would be curious to know how mushrooms would feel. It's a good time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, know my you know. dad isn't listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Papa Fisher, go to bed. Papa um, Fisher, get out of here. <laughs> um, we're going to do an iTunes review real quick. Um, this is from Lib for short. Thank you. Thank you for this content. It's like, hey, everyone, surprise. It's not just you and you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, surprise. Me too. <laughs> surprise, we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. For real, though, I had a girl come up to me on the road. Um, recently after a show and she was like, thank you so much for having that doctor on to talk about pelvic floor dysfunction because I've struggled with it and wanted to hear more about it. And it's stuff like that where sometimes we do something that's really like, that's a pretty specific topic, but like people are going through it and want to hear more about it. It's not just us sometimes, you know, it's like people want to, people want to hear more about it for themselves. So I'm happy to hear that. Oh, that's Um, great. So have a treat yourself. Um, I recently had a, I believe it's called a Moxie laser facial. It's Ooh. it's high tech. It's robot shit where they use little like a wand at a you know like at a med spa, and it is one of the few things that can actually increase collagen production in your skin. Because it's going into the deepest layer through lasers and creating, I believe, micro damage, which then makes everything regenerate and that dead skin comes up to the surface. Holy shit. I mean, your skin is glowing right now. Thank you so much. It looks so good. Thank you. It's it's kind of fountain of youth a little bit. Like we're – I think if you're somebody who's very into skin – I'm very into skincare. You're always looking for the things that actually work that aren't just gimmicky skincare products, things that are right. actually helping your skin and reduce yeah. or, or I guess slow down that process of, of aging. And there's also, I have two more rounds of it that will be helping with sun damage. So if you're somebody who um, has sunspots or anything like that. That's me. I this, got lots oh, of them. Okay. It brings it to the surface. It, like, they look much darker for a few days and then it sloughs off. What? She oh my god! Like, like a scab? Yes, and it's gone. One of my what? the reason I start the I fuck? just did it um, was because one of my best friends did it, and the results were so dramatic for her. I mean, it, it's amazing the before and after pictures. Um, the woman uh, who did the facial on me, she was like, even your moles, just like the little flat ones that kind of look like freckles on my face. Yeah which aren't sun damage, those are just moles, the pigment will be gone. What? Yeah. Like, oh I don't my know God. Did it hurt? Did any so of that hurt? It's, it's a whole pro- – you get there 30 minutes early for them to numb your face. They put numbing cream on your face. So I did okay. one that was face, neck, and chest. Um, they put numbing cream on. And then it's – it feels kind of like prickly, like kind of shocky, like little okay. little like tiny shocks yeah. um, along your face, neck, and chest. And – I've said it before, I do have a high pain tolerance. And so for me, it was not a problem. Um, But for some people, I've heard it can be a a bit uncomfortable. But like even on YouTube, if you see, I've got little moles on my neck that are small and they just look like freckles. And she's like, yeah, all the pigment in those will go away. It just comes off. We're going to be able to have a before and after video of it too the next time you show your neck. Yeah, it's my pores look so much smaller. Fine lines are less visible. It uh, it's, but like, I will say it is a treat yourself. Like it is it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. But I booked it during, they were doing a, like a holiday promotion where, you know, just if you're, if you're thinking of doing it, look for some places that do it and then ask if they have any like promotions coming up or yeah. times where you can get it for a discount because it's up there. But if man, I just feel like if we're gonna, if you're going to invest your money, for me, that is one of those things that I can think of no better investment because it's your fucking face. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got it the one. Fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, it's really cool. And obviously for my job, I'm I'm on stage, I'm on camera. Like it, it's right. It is something I do value is trying to keep my skin looking as young as possible. Cause <laughs> listen, I'm almost 33. And you get into that mindset where you're just like, oh, fuck, I don't want these wrinkles. <laughs> Dude, so, that's a good one. That's my treat. Treat myself. I, I like um, it. I what's, like it. what's going on with you? Oh, you know, well, I just celebrated Maverick's third birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Maverick. <laughs> by the way, he sits next to me. Uh, if you're looking on YouTube, he sits next to me for every recording in this chair right next Buddy. to me. <laughs> he just oh. takes a nap or he's in the back on the on the couch. But um, yeah, I've realized that I am definitely one of those crazy dog people. Thousand percent. I remember you have, like a full birthday. I mean, we had, we, we kind of use it as an excuse to like do fun shit, you know, with ourselves, but Maverick joins, you know? So we (laughs) took him to the park. Then we took him, um, our little neighborhood had this cute like holiday fair. So we took him on a walk down that street Mm -hmm. to say hi to everybody. And then, um, we went to like a drive-through light show. They're doing this like really cool setup, um, for the holiday season. And he sat, you know, and in Cam's lap while I drove us through that. So yeah, that was his birthday party was just, he had a, he had a pretty, pretty, uh, good birthday party. Pretty good pretty for good. him. <laughs> good for him and I, good for you guys. That's really the only update I have is that my, my son is three years old. Oh, yeah. bless him. Yeah. He's 21 in dog years. I guess he can <laughs> finally drink a beer. So <laughs> if you guys want to hang out at a bar with him. Oh my Hit god. Hit me up. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, grab some tickets for my tour, KelseyCook.com. I love meeting you guys so much on the road. Do it. I know, dude. I wish I could meet more more people who listen to this show. I know, it's so that's, fun. It is, yeah. I mean, the, the times that I've been able to, you know, from shows. Isn't it crazy to think that we were gonna have a, a like a top five city live tour before the pandemic? I always forget that. I know. Isn't that just feels like another lifetime ago that that was being planned? Oh my God. It's so weird. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Go check out Kelsey shows. Thanks. And T-Tom comedy too. Taylor's got a ton of tour dates right now. Um, So yeah. Uh, We love you guys. We hope your new year has been going well so far. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self-Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 